So now that Christmas is finished, I just wonder who's still got a Christmas tree up? Oh, great, all of you. Okay. Uh, well, then you have to start working on taking the Christmas tree down. <laughs> it's quite a process because I find it's my most frustrating thing with Christmas to put the Christmas tree back in the original box. Yeah, yeah, okay. And then all the lights, of course. I had a year when I, I don't know what was happening in my, in my mind, but I just, you rolled up all the lights and I thought, oh, well, stuff it in a box and, you know. But the thing is, is how you store it, you will find it again next year. And then my husband, my, <laughs> he said, who picked up those lights? Yeah, that was me. So before we starting a new year, you know, it's always good to, to close it in some shape or form. I don't know if you've got a practice or something like that. But have a, have a pause to, to reflect, um, you know, what was this year about and how you wanted to make it different or better next year. Uh, maybe it's some unresolved stuff that you still need to do. You know, make that phone call or... You know, maybe tidy up your garden or something like that. You know, some unfinished work. And I know we haven't got much hours left in this year, but some things we can't actually put an end to it. So reflecting on the year is, is always about, what was it all about? We just heard Marie, her, her year was about listen. Um, but I don't know what your year was about. You know, we had... Lots of opportunities, but maybe you also missed opportunities. We, you, you made some mistakes or you, you did some things that you think, oh, I shouldn't have done that. But maybe you did, did also some things that you think, oh, God, you're so good. You came through. And, um, and maybe in the midst of all the ups and downs of this year, because we all have felt the ups and downs, uh, we felt the ups and downs in our church together, but also in our personal life, we have ups and downs. And maybe you come to this place. In the end, I'm grateful. I'm just so grateful to God that even though I faced many things, and many challenges, and, but I'm grateful that God was with me. He helped me. He got me through. Some people say, well, time flies. My, my year just flew by. I say, my days are racing by. That's what I'm saying. Trying to get hold of every day. But I ask you a question. What has really worked for you this year? What was really good for you? Okay, yes, I hear you. I need to stay in one place. I see, I see your hands at the back. Um, is there maybe some things you need to stop doing or do it differently? You know, that is, this, you've got a few hours left on your sleeve. So, you know, you, you can actually reflect, you know, what, to, what about letting go of some stuff? Some grudges or some things you were involved in and you still want to be involved and, but you're not involved or you can't make the decision and, so sometimes it's good to, to let go. Maybe you need to let go of some stuff. 
Maybe you are a person with lots of goals and plans and all of that. Oh, I love that, but yeah, I've done all that. I was a person who had lots of plans, lots of goals. I mean, I nearly drowned in my own goals. But now I've become a little bit older and wiser. I have not so many goals and plans and because I think, now I think, if I can do everything what God wants me to do and accomplish everything that God has set before me, then I'll, I'll rest in that. Do I not plan? Of course I plan. But it's not my priority to plan every day and every day and year, plan it all out. I know it's different when you're studying, you, you've got a timetable and you have to follow that. You have to go to work, I hear all that. But in the midst of it, just rest in the relationship with Jesus. So Ecclesiastes 7 verse 8, it says, The end of the matter is better than beginning, and patience is better than pride. Every ending signals a beginning, and a new beginning brings a former matter to a close. This is a very insightful statement from Solomon. And better is the end or the outcome of all things for all of us who are in Christ Jesus. That is. And often we look what has taken place in our lives. And maybe you us did not have a good start in life. Maybe your, your childhood was not the greatest. Or maybe your youth was quite messed up. Or maybe your marriage didn't really work as the way you intended it to be. But none of us is a waste of time because everything works for the good for those who are in Christ Jesus. In Ecclesiastes 3, it says, No man can find out the work that God makes from the beginning to the end, which is just such a valuable scripture because although we are trusting God, we are still people and we like to control things in many, many ways and in many ways shapes. Uh, to control our lives and, uh, and control maybe our children's life, our grandchildren's life. I try not to. Um, but we are very limited in our own understanding of what God is doing in our lives. We are not able to know how something will end by the way it started. But if you can be assured that we got one, who knows, who's the all-knowing God, all-seeing God, all-powerful, we've been singing about him, and now we have a testimony coming to us, Pastor Ends. We didn't know when it was the time for God to heal Pastor Ends, did we? We believed on it. We prayed for it all week. I think, please, God, make him well so he can preach. But no, no, PJ, no. I th okay, all right. But today we have the good news because the timing is all in God. He said in Revelation 22, verse 13, he said, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last and the beginning and the end. That is our God. 
beautiful. You know, a beginning can be very beautiful, isn't it? When we have birth, a, a child and when you have experienced it or you are a grandmother or grandfather, you know, those newborn babies smell like heaven. They are so beautiful. It's such a beautiful beginning. But it also can be very dramatic. New beginnings can be so dramatic that it's, it causes fear and trauma and trials in our lives. It can be exciting, but it can be so full of fear and anxiety. And I'm just thinking of the war of Israel and Gaza. In a moment, everything got changed there. Yeah. Imagine, we are so far removed from them. We hear it on media and all of that. But imagine you're living there. You know, fear and anxiety. So when will this, how will this end? How will this come? And we see all those images on our screens. It was a whole new beginning because it was a whole new, uh, a new war. And sometimes we have so much energy because we got vision and you're so motivated and oh, it's just all so good. But there are also new beginnings that drains the life out of you. We are told uh, that finishing something is better than starting something. So once a job or a season is finished, we can look back and value what it was like. Maybe you had some new beginnings in your life that, that really was hard. That was really, really hard. I can th think of people who go to trauma. A trauma happens in a split second. But the aftermath of the trauma, it's a process. And it takes years, years to, to heal from it. Maybe... Uh, Oh, I'll share you a story about our garden. We haven't got a big garden. What's that? Garden. Yeah, it's a beautiful garden. So uh, I think some years ago, uh, we said, let's grow some capsicums. And so Yalta bought three plants, you know, three plants. But that'd be fine. At least we got at least three capsicums, you know. That's not. And so this, this plant grows to <clears throat> quite a substantial growth. And... You wouldn't believe it. Endless and endless and endless and more endless capsicums coming out of our ears, now out of our garden. It was just overwhelming. We had only had three plants. I didn't, in the end, I didn't know what to do with it. I'm giving them away here, there, and everywhere. Have them because, yeah, yeah, the whole shebang. But you just don't know when you put a plant in the garden, you, you're hoping that you get some harvest, but you don't really know how much the harvest is going to be, is it? So we learned from our experience of three capsicum plants. So the next year we said, well, we, we got one, we buy one plant because that is more than sufficient for us. So the plant went in, we believed for capsicums, and you know what? If you got one out of it, <laughs> you might be lucky. You're just like, I don't know. It's just like, 
Anyway, we got capsicum plants in again. I think we got three. <laughs> I have three for whatever. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you're bothered um, by how small new beginnings can be. You know, because a lot of things start small. It starts with a thought or an action or you're going to put action into practice. And, you know, it, it, it's all small. It says in Zechariah 4, verse 10, we are not to despise the small beginnings. The small. Because starting small is honorable. It is. Starting is honorable. If God gives you a picture or something or a dream or, or something or you got a something on your heart, you want to start a, a, a Bible study or a prayer group, or you want to smile more, you know, that can be, a, can be a thing. Because some people find it not easy to smile. I know somebody. And so um, this person try to smile more. Start small. Smile. She told herself. Smile. And now I hear people say she's the most smiliest person in the world. It's that it's so small because she wants to be approachable to other people. Or saving money. Well, maybe you can't save $100 a week or a month. No, no worries. Can you do 20? No. Can you do five? Hmm, maybe. We'll start with five. It's okay. Just start. Start saving. Even if it's a dollar. doesn't really matter. Start Saving, starting small. In 1990, we, Yelta and, and us as family, we shifted to Dunedin and had a lovely friend in the street. Her name was Caroline. And she said, oh, PJ, we really did do some things for the older people in our street. It was not a short street, okay? It was a road, a long road, okay? Uh, yeah, I said, okay, what did you have in mind? Oh, yes, she's, you know, with Christmas, some, some baking and shortbreads and all of that. Yep, I think we can do it. And so here we start, and she rings up everybody, shops and things like that. She, she was just so confident that that's what we had to do. And so we started this thing, and we just hummed and hummed, what shall we be going It's not from PJ, no, no, not from Caroline, no, no, we just need to call it a name. So that people, we, and so hum and hum, we call it Christmas touch. And so we started doing the, on, a, on a plate and put some cake on it and chocolates and whatnot and all of that, wrapped it nicely, a card with it, Christmas touch. And so we started doing that in our street to the older people. So in 1992, we came to Elam, hallelujah, uh, and we haven't left yet. Uh, I said, is anything doing here at Christmas? Um, no, 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 we don't do that. Okay. I said, I will. So, start small. Start again. And did the same thing. And got some other people involved. And, and so then we start doing it to all the halfway houses in in Dunedin, to the prison in Dunedin. We've got special permission. Just let us know what's in there, in the cake. <laughs> not anything hidden. No, no, no. Anyway, I read um, not that long ago, Dunedin is still going with Christmas touch. 
and it goes, you know, here, there, and everywhere, and still going to the prison. So then early 2000s, we shifted to Tarawa. And <clears throat> it's Christmas. Has anything happened in town like that? No, 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 we never, never done it. Okay, I'll start again. And we did it again. Through all elderly people, people were sick, and I don't know, in the rest home, and la, la, la. You know, you think there's not much need in Tairua because they're all well off. They look well off. It's beautiful homes. But it is just, that's what you see. I asked God, so God, where does it need to go? And I said, where are all the bereaved people from this year? Can you help me with it so I can, we can do a Christmas touch for all those who have bereaved? And you know what? There are plenty of people who needed a touch from the Lord. So, so start, if you've got anything in your heart, just start, make a start. And you don't have to make a big fire and yoo-hoo, I'm, I'm doing this and blah, blah, blah. No, just start. Just start. And don't just be focused on Jesus. It's Jesus put really something in your heart, you know, it, it's, and you are obedient to him, then he, 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 will, he will help you. He will guide you. He walks with you. He's like a friend. He tells, don't do that, don't do that, but do that. He is so good in leading us. He's like a shepherd in everything we do when we invite Jesus within us. Some of us maybe look at this new year that is coming and ask me, uh, self, is it going to be any better than it was this year? Or maybe you are afraid what it will bring, you know, because you committed yourself to some things and you're not quite sure how, how it's all going to work and all of that. And, you know, we, we, we are quite control freaks when it comes to it because we, we like to know, you know. We need to know. We need to know. And God said, no, just wait. Just wait. And maybe you wake up in the morning and the sun today is not out, but we know that the sun is behind the clouds, don't we? We know it just takes a matter of time and the sun is out. So if you are in a dark or in a difficult situation, uh, you know, we have the tendency to despair and, and be afraid and all of that. But for those of us who are in Christ Jesus, the light, God's light will bring will shine in your darkness. He will. He will not leave you out. He will not miss you out. And it might look like this, but it's not how it's going to end like that. You know, and there was a time in Israel, they had a, went to a really difficult time. And, um, and God said a prophecy. And really today, that's, that prophecy still stands. But it's, we can also make it our personal prophecy. That says in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. God has a plan even in our dark times. He will bring hope and light on the scene. And these words are very much for Israel today that the plans that God has for Israel today is giving a hope and a future. 
So Joseph, we all know Joseph. He, um, his brothers didn't like him much, and they sold their, their brother, their youngest brother, uh, to, um, for slavery uh, to Egypt. And you think, well, this is quite radical. Well, not really, because it's still happening today. It is. Children, young people, women, men, young men are still sold for slavery for all kinds of work. So it was not unusual. You know, sometimes think, oh, that's a bit, it's not. We just have to put it in perspective in this world. It is still happening today. He was falsely accused and was put into prison. And it was a dark time for Joseph. Uh, not one day, not one dark day, but a dark time of years. Yet, he couldn't have risen to the highest position in Egypt and have all the power if he had not gone to prison. And although it looked like this, but it was not the end of the story. God had a plan for Joseph. So take heart. The end is better than the beginning. What about Job? I mean, he had seemed to have everything. He was married, or his wife, he had children, and he was prosperous, and all kinds of property and land and everything. And in the moment, everything was taken away from him. Everything. And in that process, if you read the book of Job, there's all those ups and downs and all of that, but in the midst of it, he trusted God. And so what happened in the end of Job? God rewarded him the double portion what he had in the beginning, and he gave it to him, the double portion. That was his reward. What about um, Ruth? Out of, she came out of, out of no man's land, Moab. She was married. Her husband died. Then her brother-in-law died. Her father-in-law died. And here she could go just really easy, go to her own family and go. But she decided in one moment, no, to go with her mother-in-law. And she said, where you go, I go. And by saying even just that long line, everything changes for her. And when you think, she came out of nowhere, really. But if you hear the end of Ruth's life, she became in the royal line of King David and King Jesus. What about Esther? She was an orphan. But she was beautiful. She was pretty. And she came into the palace. There's a whole story, a whole process. But her people were in a real danger. And so the, she was asked to speak to the king. And although she was the queen, it, was, it took a lot of courage for her to speak to the king, to ask to rescue her people. Because what? Because she was born for such a time like that. And she saved her own people and she saved the nation. So the spirit of this time cries out for satisfaction instantly. But God say, 
just wait. So we be living in those two worlds. The world does has their thing, and we are the people of the kingdom. God say we are in the world, but not of the world. And sometimes it is quite hard to how to navigate that. In some Christian quarters that say that God means for us to have better and bigger. And so they go for material things. They say, you have got a better house, a better car, uh, more property, uh, more money in the bank, bitcom and what else. But we as people of faith, we need to know that it was never promised in the Bible that we have, would have those things and that we would have to live for those things. He did say, seek the kingdom of God. And all these things, not material things, will be added unto you. The Lord is saying to us in, in the second part of Ecclesiastes 7, verse 8, the end of the matter is better than the beginning, and patience is better than pride. In Hebrews 10, verse 35 and 36, it said, Do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded, and you need to persevere. It means have a lot of patience. There is patience and there is perseverance. It's like an, another level. Persevere. So when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. God begins a process in all our lives in our personal life, in our marriage, in our business, whatever of you may are going to study or school, there is a process. But there is no guarantee that all will go really, really well. There is no guarantee. There is a guarantee that God is with us. That is the guarantee, that he is for us. But there is no guarantee that we not, will experience hardship or pain or suffering, or loss, or grief, or any of that. There is no guarantee. But God is with us. If you even read the story of Moses, his life was loaded with challenges. I mean, loaded. Brought up in the palace, God sent him to the desert for 40 years. Imagine how that 40 years, I mean, it was not a day or a month, but 40 years. He must have had often had like, oh God, what are you doing? Is this my life? Is this the end of my life? But it was not the end of his life because God showed him, chose him to lead the people out of Egypt to the promised land. The thing is, Moses never entered the promised land. And you think, what? This doesn't seem fair. But that was God's plan. He never, he saw it, but he never entered in. The end is better than the beginning because the Lord is interested in the process. God's thinking is never the end to justify the means, but rather, as Oswald Chamber points out, the end explains. That means if you live a life in Christ and put his word into practice, the end will explain 
the life you lived at war. And more recently, I've been involved in funeral service, leading at memorial service, and they were all, all believers. Do they feel the loss and the grief? Yes, they do. But there is hope in the loss and in the grief. There is hope. Philippians 1 verse 6 says, Being confident of this, that he began a good work in you, he will carry it out to completion until the day Christ Jesus. Isn't that awesome? Trust process. Keep your eyes on Jesus. He's the author. He's the perfecter and the finisher of our faith. And if we remain faithful to God, then the end will be much better than the beginning. And Jesus said, if you're faithful unto death, he will give you the crown of life. Jay. Jesus was obedient to death. And his last words were, it is finished. How good to hear those words that it was finished. Finished for him, but also finished for us that he, he died for us on the cross. It is finished. He, he conquered sin and death for us. It is finished. And when we place our trust in Jesus, when that moment happens, maybe you can remember your moment. I can really remember my moment when I placed my trust in Jesus. And it was just like the old PJ had gone and the new one came on the scene. We see that in many situations, it involves a process. If you have graduated this year, or maybe you once graduated, it's so great to get this beautiful certificate, isn't it? But it is not where it ends. Because we are expected to put what we have learned into practice. And that is a journey. That is not an overnight thing. Or when we got a, a marriage ceremony, Oh, the wedding ceremony, it's beautiful. It's so planned, so much to detail and all of that. We sign the certificates and all of that. And then your marriage begins. It's a journey. Marriage is a journey. Isn't that, Yalta? Yes. We're still traveling. Yeah, we're still traveling. And as with any journey... It carries much joy, but it also carries heartache. It carries sorrow, it carries loss, pain, disappointment, delusionment. I mean, everything. We are not exempt as Christians from all of these things. When we lived in Tairoa, and we were the pastors there, I often went to the beach and just screamed to the waves. He said, God, what are you doing? I can't do it. He, he was never talking back. <laughs> but he listened. Sometimes we need to express how we feel. And God can handle it, okay? He can cope with it. He can cope with all your feelings and emotions and everything. He can cope with it. Just give it to him. Come to him. But what he, in the midst of it, 
You don't have to walk alone. He is with you. And, and if you need more of that, join a connect group. We're not meant to do life on our own. Join a group. Make it maybe one of your steps to say, well, next year I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to join a group or I'm going to start a group or I'm, I'm thinking about going to a group. Just, you don't have to do life on your own. Perhaps you want to begin a walk with God, maybe here online or here. With God. Well, you cannot end what you never have begun. There is always a beginning. And maybe sitting here today, maybe you've been putting off stuff to get things off your chest to God or to a person or anything. Make a decision. Make that step forward. It's never too late. Just do it. And as we embark on this new year, why don't make that, that new beginning with your life? I'm not telling you what to do or how to do it because I trust the Holy Spirit enough that He can speak to you. He can. And He can point things out to you far better than any other person. But He can nudge you. He can speak to your heart. Just one step, just one thought can change everything. Will the end be better than the beginning for us? It's a big yes. It is a yes. It is a big yes. If you made that personal commitment and to Jesus, ask for forgiveness of his sins, be filled with the Holy Spirit because you need him. I can tell you, you need the Holy Spirit to help you. I mean, Yes, it will be a journey. Yes, you will have difficulties. Yes, all of that, yes. But the end is going to be better than the beginning. So much better. Because when the day when you stand before God, I know people who have been longing for that day and our friend of 40 years was longing for the day to, to go to his Lord and, and Savior. And God granted his request finally. Was that a, a sad ending? No, it was the best ending for his life because God looked at, the, at his book, the book of life, his name was in it, and he can enter into eternal life. And so that's why the end is better than the beginning. Patience and trust in the process will lead to extraordinary rewards in God. So God is here. I know he's been speaking to many of you about things. And that is between you and God. But embark to new year with full confidence that God is with you. And whatever comes your way, God knows what he's doing. He does. And he will help you through it. He will be on your side. He even goes before you to make a way. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. 
and do not lean on your own understanding.